Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. It's quite possible at the beginning I didn't introduce myself, and so in case you are watching and do not know who this man is up front today, uh, I'm Ken Ritzma, guest pastor and former pastor of this congregation. And it is a privilege for me to be with you in this way and participate in person um, together. I, I know this is rare, and if you would rather not, that's okay, but I'm going to ask, and then you decide whether you want to do it. Drop the mask, turn to somebody, and smile at them. It's low risk. Just smile at them. Yeah, you can wave too. I say that because it's been so long since we've even done that. But... There is hope. There's always hope. Thank you for indulging that low-risk item. I'd like to read from John chapter 10, and it really is a part of what might be referred to as the New Testament version of Psalm 23, which we read earlier um, back and forth as a litany. And on your own, I would ask for you to perhaps read chapter 9 and 10 together because that's the setting where Jesus heals somebody who was born blind and the leaders say that can't be and the person says, I don't know who it is, but this is what happened to me and later on finds out that that's Jesus. But the leaders and the Pharisees at that time refused to give any credence to Jesus and his ministry especially when it was on a healing day, a holy day, that this healing took place. And so in that context where Jesus then is performing this deep level of care and concern for a person, instead of rejoicing, they in fact come across as leaders who are jealous and who are against Jesus and his testimony. And so they in fact become the ones who are blind. They say they see, but they really are blind. And in response to that, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, chapter 10, verse 1, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is a shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him, because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
when then the wolf attacks this flock and scatters it, and the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, referring to this missionary aspect that uh, Cole referred to just moments ago. Uh, the broader global mission of the good news of Jesus Christ. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord, I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. I'll read just a couple more verses here. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Jesus had that effect on people time and again. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And that's why you have to read chapter 9 and 10 uh, side by side together to get a better idea of the context there. I would like to uh, pose uh, two questions and uh, an observation for you as we move into the message and focus especially on that verse, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or some would say have it abundantly, overflowing. One of the questions is simply this. When was the last time you felt truly alive? I'm not talking about finding a pulse or not finding your name in the obituary column. I'm talking about really feeling alive, like not just 2D dimensional, Living, showing up for work, showing up for school, showing up for whatever you have planned for the day and run through the itinerary of one day and one week and then repeat. I'm talking about really being alive and fulfilled with purpose and joy and hope. When was that? Take a minute. Think about it. It might be uh, long ago. It might be more recently. And don't just think about before COVID and after COVID, there's plenty of people who have felt more alive in the last 12 months than they ever had before. Interesting. But for you, what was going on in your life? What was the experience like? Was it when you were alone? Was it with others? Just keep that thought in your mind, that question. A second question would be, have you ever longed for a word from God, even perhaps desperate, for a word of direction, a word of hope, a word of forgiveness, a word of truth? You fill in the blank. But some word of God. And then the observation I would make is that to experience the life, the full life that Jesus had in mind here, 
A full life is a listening life. A full life is a listening life. And let's take a moment to at least try to understand a little bit better what Jesus is referring to here by life. It certainly is something more than just being alive. It's a lot more. If we were in a different setting at a different time, I would probably ask you to turn to each other, assuming that uh, the place was had even more people, but whoever was here, turn to each other and ask each other, what would you say that life is that Jesus is describing? What, what word or phrase might you use to get at what Jesus was saying? Because let's face it, Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We live in a troubled, broken, albeit now plagued world. And the idea of even saying, what is this life that Jesus promised? It's, it's hard to focus on that and, and to unpack that. Individually, we need each other with this as well. But what might be some of the words that come to mind as you think of what Jesus was promising? Because why have it if you don't know what it is that Jesus promises to give? So I'm going to give some words, but I hope that it will be only a way of prompting you to think more about what Jesus is promising. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Some words might be quite surprising to you as you discover through these words a new identity that Jesus gives to you. But what about safe? Held? To have hope? To be confident? To have purpose in life. To be content. To be joyful and joy-filled. <laughs> to be valued equally. And in our times, how important that would be to experience that life together. That we are valued equally. To have a new identity where these words define those who hear the shepherd's voice. And even though there is much to take our attention away from it, to deny it, and even seemingly to be overcome by our circumstances, which can be so difficult, to nevertheless turn to the shepherd to hear his voice because through that voice we have life. And probably the most important thing as we think of this life that Jesus has offered and wants us to experience is to hear his voice saying that I have come as the Son of God and I lay down my life, literally, 
He's talking about his death on the cross. I lay down my life for my sheep, for you. Because I love you and I care for you. And the richness of that relationship cannot and will not be broken. Nothing will separate you, my precious sheep, from my love. I have given my life for you to have life. And I take my life back in order that you may always know that I have that authority to give what I have promised. These are just some of the words, some of the short thoughts, but this is the promise that leads to a fulfillment that allows us truly to have a full life based on a listening life as we listen to the voice of the shepherd. And what does that mean? So I'd like to kind of lay out four steps, if you will, to discover that life more and more. And individually, and we look forward in different ways for that to happen as a faith community in whatever way we have that opportunity as well. But in particular, to know that this is something that Jesus desires for each person to experience more and more as we come to know him and follow him. One of the first steps, and again, you can add to these. This just gives you some ideas about what I believe God's Word teaches here and elsewhere, is that you will find real life as you learn to let go of your need to be in control. That you will find more of this new life as we learn to let go of our need to be in control. In other words, to truly trust the shepherd that he knows what he's doing and he has the skill to do it. But control, if it's one thing among many other things that we've learned, we are not in control of so many things of our life. Nor is our government, nor is the world. There is so much that is out of control, seemingly, certainly beyond our abilities to understand, let alone have the wisdom to guide. But the shepherd, the shepherd, knows and understands what is needed both for individuals as well as the flock. And as we looked through earlier at that Psalm 23, some of those phrases speak boldly about how the shepherd has the skills so that he leads us to green pastures. He leads us beside quiet waters. He refreshes our souls. He guides us. He restores us. All things are under the control, ultimately, of this shepherd. He has that level of authority over our life, over our situations, and over the globe, whether or not the nations are willing to admit and submit to that or not. And whether or not we will admit and submit to that authority or not. That does not determine or limit his authority or the fact that he is trustworthy. Because when we talk about trusting the shepherd, we're talking about two things especially. His skill to be able to guide our lives and to restore our lives and to give hope and purpose to our lives. But also that he does so with a loving heart 
that is deeply concerned and authentically caring for us. That's what's so different compared to other spiritual leaders or spiritual emphases that do not show care. The shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, loves us. In this reference that is given to here at the beginning of chapter 10, refers to how a person who is a shepherd then comes up to a sheep pen where basically at night the different uh, flocks would be gathered together and there would be people who would watch over various flocks uh, by night. And then in the morning there would be the shepherds uh, or their attendants who would go and present themselves and the person who is watching the sheep opens up the gate and then allows the sheep to go and be gathered to whoever the shepherd is. And the main way in which they were gathered was by the voice of the shepherd. And the shepherd then would lead them, not from behind, but from his voice ahead. Others trying to jump in in some other way to steal the sheep would not obviously listen to the voice of the sheep. But the sheep would be given nicknames, if you will, pet names, you know, long ears, uh, black spot, you know, and one wonders what kind of nicknames the Lord might have for us, you know, as, as his sheep, you know, hey, Limpy, uh, um, somebody else who will have, you know, a certain color of hair or length of hair or color of eye, who knows what uh, the Lord might have in mind, but he calls his sheep by name. He knows his sheep by name. And that element, understand that this is a shepherd that I can follow because he truly knows every part of my life. That's why when we pray, we can be absolutely authentic with God. He never will be surprised by anything that we have to say or confess. He's not taken back. He's not like, oh, wow, never thought of that. He is fully aware of your strengths and weaknesses and knows all the situations that you face day by day, year by year. He cares for you. He provides for you. He upholds you. He brings you a level of deep inner security and value because you belong to him. That truly is our only comfort and strength in life and in death that we belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. So, to find this life is to learn to let go of our need uh, to control our life and to trust the shepherd that he will, in fact, know the way and we can trust him because he cares and he has the skills. Second is that we will find this life this real, full life that Jesus promises as we learn to listen to his voice. Now, we are told in the first part of Hebrews that God has spoken in many different ways at many different times, but especially he has spoken to us through his Son, Jesus Christ, who here says, I am the Good Shepherd. But God has used many ways to speak to his people over the years and centuries through angels through dreams through visions through a gentle whisper through miraculous signs through the ordinary where the heavens declare the glory of god and everything in it 
So whether or not we are in God's creation, we can hear the voice of creation giving praise to God as it were, as a metaphor, as a symbol. Through God's word, the Bible, we hear from him what it is that we need to know and believe and how we are to act and follow in his steps. In community, as we learn together what it means to follow God, because there's certain things that we can only learn in community that we can't learn as well by ourselves. And, and we feel that, that loss, don't we, over this last year, where that sense of faith community and leaning on each other and encouraging one another, uh, helping one another, serving one another, loving one another, all of those ways in which we build each other up and pray for one another. We don't see that face to face. And so how is God speaking to us now? How are we able to listen to God's voice now? Might be different than what it was a year or so ago. We have to adjust. But know this and believe it. God is a speaking God. And he is speaking to you today. Let me say that again. God is a speaking God. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know his love and care for us. And he is speaking to every person today. The issue is not whether God is speaking or not. It's whether we are listening or not. And there's things that get in the way of listening. It could be bad habits, it could be sin, it could be fear, it could be a variety of things uh, that lead to a sense of failure and unworthiness. And all of that, if brought out of control, blocks the voice of God. And we can't hear Him. But that doesn't mean He's not speaking or that He doesn't have uh, the ability to help us to hear again. Many of you have hearing aids as you get older. But to whatever extent, all of us need hearing aids when it comes to listening to the voice of the shepherd. But he speaks, and God's word is one way. Many other ways, God also speaks to us. I would ask you, how is God speaking to you today? And if you're unsure how to answer that or really doubting whether he even is, maybe to pause and say a short prayer. Lord, will you help me hear what you're trying to say to me? I'm a slow listener. I'm a slow learner. Please teach me again. I want to hear your voice. I think as we do that, one of the most beautiful things takes place, and that is that we receive a new identity of how precious, again, we are before God. I was talking with somebody recently, and they were talking about um, how to discern God's voice in terms of a decision that they needed to make, and they prayed about it and say, God, am I supposed to do this or am I supposed to do that? And they were just really, this person was really wanting a clear answer from God. And all the person heard, and it's not that he, quote-unquote, heard God speaking very often, but in a very quiet moment, 
the voice of God that he heard as he's asking for direction. I am loved. I am loved. And he says, yeah, that's nice, Lord. I, I know you love me. <laughs> but, but what about directing me to how I'm supposed to make up my mind in this decision? And then it wasn't until later on he caught himself. And as the years go by, he says, I hardly even remember what the decision torment was, but I remember the still small voice, the voice of God saying, I am loved. Maybe the voice of God for you needs to be today as a new identity is, you are beautiful. You are precious. You are chosen. You are loved. You have purpose. You belong to me. Hear those as just not nice phrases, but those are life-changing anchors that hold us firm no matter what else is happening in our life that wants us to tear, be torn apart. There is much fear in the world. Much anxiety among us. Much confusion and anger. How can we possibly experience this life that Jesus promises in this context in which we live? It's only as we hear the voice of God of who we are in his eyes and because of what he has done for us as the good shepherd who has laid down his life that we may have life today. Lastly, I guess I should rush through in case you're counting one, two. You can't do lastly because you've only done two points, but let me squeeze in three and then move on to the last point. The third way in which we step towards real life is to learn to commit our life to following the shepherd in whatever season we may be in, whatever season of life we may be in. And in this, maybe to mention a couple of things that uh, we hear a lot about, and I want it as bad as you in many ways. I want to go back to normal. I don't want to just take off the mask while I'm preaching to you, but I want to take it off permanently. <laughs> Tired of my glasses fogging up all the time. And I want to say hi to somebody, but the mask blocks my memory. I can't remember. I can't. What is their face like? What is it in? Who is this I'm talking to? But let us not settle for just going back to the way things were. I don't want to go back I want to go forward where the shepherd is leading us. And if we just want to go back to the things that we enjoyed and longed for, it's understandable, but we're settling for less of a blessing than what I believe God wants to give us and wants to make us a blessing for others. There's an opportunity here as we move forward in these months ahead, and we don't know how many more months we go through this. Nobody does. 
But as we move forward, let us move forward with the voice of the shepherd leading us. Not just saying, no, no, I don't want to go forward. I want to go back. I want to go back the way things were. It felt good. I was comfortable. Don't change that. We all have that bent to go back to a comfortable space. Anything but what we are experiencing now. But I want us to move on to this fourth point that we learn as we are discovering the life that God wants to give us, is that we celebrate, we learn to celebrate life now. Even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of whatever season you may be in, of joy or challenge or suffering. Look for where Jesus is there now with you. Because that's part of Psalm 23. It's not just where people do this psalm at the end of somebody's life, at a funeral. But this is a psalm for life that in the valley of the shadow of death, where we certainly have been and seen many of us. I will not fear, I will not let it determine my life, no matter how hard those circumstances may be. Why? Because the shepherd is with us. That line is the center of Psalm 23. Because you are with me. You are with me. And that's why we can celebrate life now in as much as we may feel isolated, we may feel anxious, we may feel alone, we may feel like things are so out of control and that there just is so much emptiness and lack of direction in our life that we can still celebrate, not out of naiveness, but out of faith because Jesus is still with us as the good shepherd and he promises life even then. But it's true, we can't follow God and stay where we are. He's going to bring us forward. The best days of our life are not behind us. They are ahead of us where our shepherd is leading us. Always. For everyone who will hear his voice and choose to follow it. And then just when you think you've understood God's life that he has given us through Christ, remember that there's still more life to come. John wrote a lot in his gospel and in his writings about life. It was like he had a fixation that we would not miss this. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's all about life. And even in his letters later on, John would write this in 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. It's now. Celebrate it. 
But let's look forward to what God still has in mind for us in the life to come. God does not settle all accounts on earth. There will be justice. There will be peace. There will be full life, ultimately, then. And so as I close, I would ask you this. What are you doing with the one life that God has given you to live? What are you doing with the one life that God has given you to live? For whom are you living it? For what purpose are you living it? Many times we try to find substitutes. We, we expect somehow a permanent blessing from a temporary thing. Our job, our sport, our abilities, our family, our church. All these things, as precious and enjoyable as they may be in the moment, are just that. They are things for the moment. None of these things last past our life on earth. The only thing that lasts is whether we have life in Christ or whether we don't. And so what are you doing with the one life that God has given you to live? Are you living it, learning to trust in the shepherd, learning to listen to his voice, to commit your life to following him, and more and more to celebrate in whatever way you can with this one life that you have? Pay attention to ways in which we are afraid, which we are anxious, which we are angry, and all of the other that we go through in this difficult time. But always go back to the voice of who you are in Christ and to whom you belong. That's where real life is. And God wants you to experience it fully. <laughs> Please join with me in prayer. Lord, we recognize that many times we have distractions in life. And some of those distractions are ones that we have created through our own smallness of understanding, perhaps our stubbornness to stay within a certain pattern of sin that is not right and we know it. But many times, Lord, we find ourselves where we are sad, we are anxious, we are disturbed, we are restless, we are discontent, and we don't even know how we got there. Lord, I pray that we may hear a fresh word today in our lives. A word that comes from your Holy Spirit deep within. That arouses within us a new stirring to a new life. One that perhaps we used to remember and was at the center of what we did and the decisions we made. But we've forgotten and that voice seems so small now. Lord, help us to hear it again. And if we've never heard your voice, Lord, please be patient with us, long-suffering. Keep speaking to us through friends, through our conscience, through dreams, through visions. 
through your word, through your spirit, through your creation. Lord, in whatever way you choose, please help us to hear you and to hear your great love for us and the great purpose and blessing that you have in mind for us. All this we ask in Jesus' name, who is the good shepherd, the gate in whom we find real life. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.